Hey, 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 what's up, guys? I'll tell you, it's Thursday night, so you know what time that is. It's Chappy time. Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. Um, I, I am uh, really excited to be here tonight, and, you know, um, it, it's been great because um, I'm having eye surgery tomorrow, and, you know, I've kind of – it's Thursday nights are always awesome because it kind of takes my mind off of other things, so – I'm not going to lie, I had a, quite a bit of enjoyment last night preparing all this for us, so I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Um, again, Chappie here, Chaps Fantasy Chat. You can find me on ilogicmedia.com, Draft for Upside. Um, you can also find me at Chaps Fantasy Sports Group and River City, City Media. So make sure and um, go and like and subscribe at those sites if you can, please. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's interesting because we're starting to get a real clear picture of um, not a real clear, clear picture. It's start, pe teams are starting to differentiate. Players are starting to show um, to, to where they're supposed to show to, we thought. Others are um, performing over, over where, whether the, where they're supposed to be performing um, that none of us saw coming. And, you know, it's interesting as we go, especially early on in the year, um, how, mu how much staying power these guys have and how how able they are to, um, you know, is German Mer uh, Mercedes able to able to continue to um, to hit at the rate he's hit at um, in Chicago? Is Akil Badu able to continue to do what he's done? It, those are the, the sorts of things that early on in the year, you know, everything's game at this point because um, baseball is just such an evolving game. And that's why I love it. So tonight we're going to continue to try and break that down. Um, of course, we're going to talk about some strategy, like I always try and do, um, with with um, you know making sure you're setting your team up for the long haul, for the stretch run, for the you know if you're not doing well off the bat, don't panic. You know, just make sure that you um, you fix. You fix your team when you get the chance. Always be working the waiver wire. Try and think, you know, the key to fantasy sports is not thinking one step ahead, but thinking two steps ahead. Because when you're able to do that, you're able to get a guy who um, the, the rest of um, your league isn't really even thinking about yet. So tonight we're going to try and identify a few of those, but it's still really early on. So there are some blatant guys out there that we can grab. Um, on top of that, you know, we're going to start to try and um, – the, the other part of this exercise, if you will, is um, getting uh, getting value, right? So we talked some last week about the, the, the super top tier breakout players. We're going to continue to do that some this week. We're going to talk some about some more players who, you know, some of them maybe your, your league mates might not think are as good as they are. So... Um, you know, maybe you could get them a, a, a value, which is still going to be expensive. I'm not an advocate for ripping anybody off, and I don't think you know most most league owners would do would would be into that, um, or team owners would be into that. So, but you know, if you can give a little bit of value and get more value back, that's what I'm talking about. So we're going to start to look at some of that stuff, um, and and you know, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about some, yeah. Baseball is just such a fun sport, right? Because every night there's something crazy going on. There's something different going on. There's a um, there. It seems there's a new story of some sort. Um, 
you know, whether it's um, Ronald Acuna, um, you know, tearing up the, the major leagues or it's um, Alex Verdugo having what was it, five hits the other night last night. Um, you know, the, there are things that go on in this game every day, every day that are newsworthy, that are unique, that are special. We'll talk about some of those tonight. I want to do a couple quick hits and then we'll get into this. Um, you know, the meat and potatoes of this. Again, if you like this content, please make sure you like and subscribe. Chaps Fantasy Sports Group, iLogic Media, um, Chaps Fantasy Chats, the name of the show. So, um, so, so some hot takes. You know, everybody wanted to give the Pirates um, the, the, the worst team in the league moniker. Well, you know, here we are two weeks into the season. I'm going to say, as a Cubs fan, that the Cubs are worse than the Pirates. That's my hot take. You know, the 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 Cubs are three and three. Excuse me. The Pirates are three and three against the Cubs. The Pirates are two and four against the rest of the league. And you know they've beaten some good teams, right? They um well they they beat San Diego twice, which you know is interesting. Um, but I I don't see the Cubs. Um, if they're going to be this bad, holding on to these guys past the All-Star break. So so my hot take is the Cubs are worse than the Pirates, and they're going to trade off Chris Bryant, Wilson Gutierrez, Javier Baez by the All-Star break. They're going to be that bad. And it's unfortunate because it's the last of that, you know, um, 2014 uh, empire that was supposed to be that never came to fruition. So, you know, um, it's just it, – it's, it's a shame that nothing – uh, of course, the 2016 World Series is, you know, we can't really um, – that's what the ultimate goal was. I, you just would have thought that um, you might have seen a couple more than that um, or, or at least an appearance more than that. That's all, you know. So, anyway, I look for all three of those guys to be elsewhere by the All-Star break. The other hot take I wanted to talk about, and I'm wearing them right now, um, I'll talk a little bit more about the player, but the team, the all, the excuse me, the Angels are the best team out west, and it, it's it's interesting because it's a unique way that they've constructed this team. Um, because the ultimately Otani's going to have to be um, their best pitcher and outside of Trout, their best hitter. Um, so, you know, that, that's going to be quite a feat for him, but if you've seen him play at all, you know, that he, he is up to the task and looks completely healthy and comfortable in his skin. Finally, um, here stateside. So uh, the, the, the angels are for real and, um, you know, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how Otani performs in an everyday role. Um, again, I, I have a bit for him in a little bit. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But but, but the Angels are a legitimate team, and the Angels are going to be tough to deal with, um, you know, with uh, a, um underrated mind in Joe Madden. He got a bad rap at Chicago. So, um, um, again, uh, you know, uh, at 46 years old, I spent 25 years of my life, 30 years of my life, 
with one one girl, the Chicago Cubs. At 46 years old, I also believe that I've earned the right to um, – we haven't broken up. <laughs> We're just seeing other people. So tonight I'm trying on this Angel shirt. I, I, I And I come from the Joe Madden, Shohei, Otani perspective. And that's the great thing about fantasy baseball is you can do that, right? You can do that and it's, it's not – um, sacrilegious, like it. You'll never see me. You rarely see me not wearing a Steelers jersey. You'll never see me wearing another college jersey unless it's WVU, um, maybe a Notre Dame every once in a while. But that's yeah. In baseball, it's different because year to year you have different players on your fantasy team, and that's what makes this sport so great. Couple fun facts, quick hitters. After starting 0-3, the Red Sox won nine straight and have a three-game lead in the NL, excuse me, the AL East. Um, and you know, I don't know what they did today. Sorry, I didn't get a chance to see it. It's one of those things. I think Minnesota came back and beat them. I think that's what I saw. So I think they finally lost today for the first time. And and I think Michael's right. I think Pineda had a good game today um, against them. So. Um, but it was a hard-fought game. Boston is back. Now, they're going to have to use their analytics for pitching. They're going to have to they're, – they're not as talented there. Now, Chris Sale is going to come back at some point there. But I don't know when and to what degree he'll be back and healthy. Um, but, but I feel like they have enough. You know, Tanner Houck is one of those guys that's interesting there. Ed Rod's huge. Hopefully he can stay up. Richards, it looks like, had, had a pretty good game today. Um, it looks like they're going to be able to piece me up. Martin Perez had a pretty good game the other day. It looks like they'll be able to piecemeal there. Um, but the key there, make no mistake, in Boston is they're hitting. And, and, and there's really good hitting there. So, after again, after the slow start, um, the Red Sox have caught fire. And, really, they're playing like the best team in baseball right now. Um, they've certainly – well, them and the Dodgers, in the American League anyway, them and the Dodgers. The Dodgers have 10, 10 wins. The, the uh, Red Sox have nine. So, you know, those are the two best teams in the majors right now. Anyone you want to slice it. Akil Badu continues, continues to hit the ball. First ti- first player in Tigers history with four, pl- four homers in his first eight games. Um, looks like – he belongs having only played, I think it was like 27 at pass or something like that above high a um, to, to have him come in and, and produce the way he has, has been really, really impressive to watch. And I think he stays even when the stars come up in the next year or two. I think he's, I mean, he, he's just 20, 21 years old. Um, he certainly, um, capable enough to play in the outfield, but at, at bare minimum, I think he's a DH um, because that that kid can swing the bat and and he he swings it hard. I had him and dropped him. Roster size, I had to I had to make a decision. Made the wrong one. It happens. Um, how about Wilson Ramos? Talked about him a little bit in the offseason. 
talked about him, you know, really, um, really wanting to, really wanting to, <laughs> really wanting to, uh, lost my train of thought, just got a ping. Oh, he'll get plenty of playing time in Detroit, Ramos, right? And he has. Well, he has because he's hit six homers on the season. Um, Ramos is one of those guys. If you remember, he's been a pretty good bat in the past, and he 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 could be one of the top five or six catchers in the league. And basically, you got him for free or late in the draft. We all remember um, back in 2016 when he hit 307 with 22 homers and 80 RBI. Um, I, I think he can do that again. He seems to be healthy, and he's going to be a big part of that offense and a big leader for that offense because there's a lot of young guys around him. And he he's gonna have he's gonna have a lot of opportunity to clean up messes. Let's put it that way. There's some, there's some good hitters around. So I really like what Ramos is bringing to the table this year in the middle of that Tiger lineup. Um, that's a really good pick, I believe, and that's someone who it you might just be able to sneak them away from somebody. I picked him up on a free agent he last night at Christian Vasquez. It's a shallower league, my buddy Dave Craig's league. It's a good league, um, but it's the Yahoo league, so the benches aren't that deep. I picked him up because Vasquez was out. I'm like, man, how do you not? Because if you're going to hit like that, you could put Vasquez at first base. If you got a couple guys off, both of those guys are quality bats. How about the Oakland Athletics, guys? Jekyll and Hyde, right? Started out the year with Houston. First six games of the year. 2.2 runs per game. Two homers. Hitting 174 with runners in scoring position. A negative seven run differential. And 0-6 to show for it. Well, since then, they've averaged 3.8 runs a game. Ten homers. 306 with runners in scoring position and a plus 11 run differential. They've gone 5 and 1 in those games, guys. Oakland goes as their offense goes. Um and I think it'll go often. But I feel like their pitching's going to kind of lack a little bit it looks like this year. None of those guys have really impressed off the bat. Um Luzardo's really disappointed. Manea's disappointed. Montas is disappointed. It'll be interesting to see how how they respond because they're all younger pitchers. So, anyway, just want to start start off with a few fun facts, quick notes. Now let's get into this. Let's start talking about how we can make ourselves better and some players that have really stood out. Um, you know, we're two weeks in. 
The biggest thing is, at this point of the year, for me anyway, before you start to panic, if say you didn't start off so well, before you start to panic and start throwing guys off the ship into the lifeboats, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why are we here? What's the end game? I assure you, you can't lose your Roto Championship, your head-to-head league championship in the first two weeks if you keep your team intact. Now, you have to look at every position. Every position is an opportunity to make your team better. Someone gets hurt. Someone goes on the DL. You should always be looking big picture, small picture. Sometimes you need a fifth outfielder. You need to go out and get a fifth outfielder. But if you need a bench player and a guy like Jorge Mateo is out there, what's it to hurt? To throw a dart on a guy who might take off. And I'm not sitting here trying to advocate for Jorge Mateo. I'm not not advocating for Jorge Mateo. I'm just using him as an example. The key is, again, to view every injury as an opportunity to make your team better and to add more talent. More so than any other sport, fantasy baseball relies on injuries as a part of their game. Yes, it's going to happen in basketball. Yes, it's going to happen in baseball. But the grind of playing every day in baseball is what makes it interesting because if whoever, Tim Anderson, goes down with a hamstring injury, if Kettle Morte goes down with a hamstring injury, then you should know that another player is going to get an opportunity to show their work. And if they show their worth, well, they have that opportunity. They've created a good situation, which gives them more play time. It's just like the Tyler O'Neill injury in St. Louis, opening up the door for these, you know, Austin Dean and the Williams kid. One of those guys could run with that. It's something to keep an eye on. But again, if you need a fifth outfielder, you need to go out and get whoever, that fifth, uh, David Peralt, that fifth outfielder. I want to talk about some guys that are being overlooked. And I want to talk about why they're especially interesting to me. Listen to Chaps Fantasy Chat. Brought to you on iLogic Media, Thursday nights at 8. Partnered up with DraftForUpside.com. You can find me at Chaps Fantasy Sports Group and River City Media. You can find me on um, Twitter at Chaps Fantasy Chat. If you like what you hear, give me a like, give me a follow. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have.
Uncle Nearest is the bourbon of choice tonight. I love Uncle Nearest. It is one of my favorite um, middle-range whiskeys. It actually, um, I, I like the story with Uncle Nearest. Um, it's African-American-owned. And um, the, the story is that he taught Jack Daniels how to uh, distill bourbon. Um, basically, when he was a kid, he was supposed to have um, been working up in the hills. And Jack Daniels' uncle said to him, um, you know, go up and apprentice with this guy. He really knows what he's doing. He did that, and Jack Daniels' bourbon became a thing. I don't know. I like it. It's sweeter. That's why I like it. Cheers. So, who am I talking about? Who are these guys that everyone's overlooking? What do you know, Chappie? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I said this last week. I'll say it every week for a while anyway. It happens in football too. You have this, you have this initial shock of uh, you actually see games and everyone overreacts. Oh, you know, <coughs> Tyler Naquin's the next big thing, or you know, um, whatever. Insert your player here, right? Um, Badu or Mercedes or whoever. Well, some of those guys fall off, and then it's almost like everybody stops. Because if you look a little further down, there's the next layer there. And, yeah, they're not as flashy and shiny and, you know, um, it, it's it's kind of like getting a refurbished TV. Yeah, you know someone else has had their grubby mitts on it. But you also know it's been back to the factory and it's been tested a bunch of times. And... It passed those tests, so now <laughs> and, and, and and now um, no, Polanka is not on my list, list Durf. And, and and now you know it works, right? <laughs> Although I did see him turn one around on his old teammate Musgrove last night, buddy. That was a nice little shot he had. The pirates, the, the the pirates worked Musgrove over. They knew how to, they knew how to approach him, didn't they? Um, they uh, they worked the count on him. They took the ball the other way. Um, they they were not um, impressed at all by by, by the young man's no hitter. <laughs> but but seriously, let's talk about these guys. Who am I talking about? Evan Longoria. These guys in San Francisco, I, I don't know what it is that they're doing out there, but they bring these reclamation projects back. And the big thing with Longoria is he's healthy. He's only 31. So it's not like, you know, he's, he's he seems older than he is, right? Um, but... He's really kind of the middle of that lineup. And we all know he's capable. And if he's healthy, 
you're talking about a guy, you know, in, in Longo's prime who was an MVP type of player. Um, You know, I, the numbers, I'm looking them up right now, still kind of amaze me. In 2016, he had 36 homers. He had 31 in 2011. The guys battled injuries, right? But San Francisco does this thing to these guys. I, I like where he's at mentally, and I think he can help your team. He leads, he leads the team in hits, runs, RBIs, homers, slugging, and OPS. So that tells you he's right in the middle of everything going on there. And you know what? I've watched them quite a few times. I told y'all I like to watch a lot of West Coast baseball. Um, they, they're not bad. They've got pretty good pitching. Um, they, their players are not flashy. It, they remind me of the Pirates of the early 90s, Durf. You know, they didn't have this flash in the pan that some of these teams have, but but they just got the job done. Anthony DiSclavini is another one that I love. Speaking of Giants, I love that he's done it before, right? He, he sustained it before. Uh, you know, some of these other guys... Uh, I'm not necessarily sold on, but if you look at his, if you look at his numbers, you know, in, in 2019, he had 3.89 ERA, 167 to 29 K to walk rate over 166.2 innings pitch. Yeah. He went nine and nine, <clears throat> but you got to remember the red stunk. So 500 on a bad team's not bad. 2016, he had a good year. 3.28 ERA. 9-5 record. 105-30 rate. Over 123 innings pitched. Like I said, there's a foundation there. He's off to a great start. I think I picked him up for a buck in my league. I know, Durf, this is going to be too late for you, buddy, because I've picked most of these guys up already. <laughs> 0 0.82 ERA. I, I mean, he, his, his whip's a little high, but he's definitely rosterable. How about Jesus Aguilar? These are yesterday's stats, so they might be a little off. He's got a hit in every game he's played this year. He's currently hitting 345, and he hasn't even hit a homer yet. We all know that's coming in bunches. This, to me, if he's out there in any league you're in, you should pick him up e 
immediately. You're looking at a 30 homer, 100 RBI guy. Guys, he hit 274 in 2018. You got to think in a spacious park like Miami, right? Yeah, Miami. I get the two Florida teams mixed up. They're both the same to me. Florida fishes. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, 274 goes up, I think. I think he is higher than that. I don't think he hits 35 homers, but I think he could hit 30 because of the bigger part. How about David Peralta? David Peralta's hit 182. I'm pretty sure he's widely available. He's a cleanup hitter for the D-backs. I mean the D-backs. Sorry. Not sorry. They're not great. But they're competent. LaCastro's a good little ball player. Morte's a good ball player. Walker's a good ball player. They're going to score some runs. Peralta's going to have a good year, guys. He's a career 289 hitter. And he's averaging 20 homers per every 162 he plays. He used to run. He doesn't run anymore, and that's fine. But I think if you're looking for a 280, I mean – Here's the thing. If you start out at 180 and you get to 280, you're getting more than 280 because you got to make up that bad start. Peralta's going to heat up. How about Chris Walker? He's on the IL. This might be a stash guy. He's at 179. Same thing, though. You know he's got power. They're going to hit him in the middle of that lineup before or after Peralta. It doesn't matter where they put him. They're there to protect each other. You're talking about a 25-over guy. Yandy Diaz. Done a little bit better, right? 259, five homers, five RBIs. Probably out there in at least one of your leagues. Worth a pickup. Two more. Rymel Tapia. Maybe people have soured on him. 263. Two runs, four RBIs, one stolen base. Here's a guy who at least has a potential to hit leadoff. For the Rockies. The high-scoring Rockies. Here's a guy who – sorry, video technical – video technicalities. 
who 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 has the potential to hit? He hit three twenty one last year, guys. Again, not saying he's going to hit three twenty one. I'm saying he's going to hit two, better than two sixty three. So say he hits three hundred. He's so that's kind of where I'm going with this, right? CJ Crone's another one. He's hitting one thirty eight. Okay. I know CJ Crone's a better hitter than that. That's going to even out. So a big part of this is early years. Watching these guys drop. If if someone drops one of these guys because they get off to a slow start, it's a long year. Be that guy to pick up the mistakes that other teams make. All right, guys, let's talk about, I'll tell you, I want to pivot just a little bit. Man, Nats are getting smoked. <laughs> Randall just texted me, said, Acuna's on a 74 homer, 211 run. 163 RBI, 74 double pace. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, he, you know, we'll talk about it. This is a great point to bring this in. Join me tonight at 10. Welcome back away. We've taken a couple weeks off. Um, tonight, you know, we're gonna we're gonna dive into a little bit of baseball. We're going to also talk about the football. We're going to talk about the draft coming up in two weeks from tonight um, uh, because, well, because it's the freaking draft. Um, no, he does not drink, sir. So, you know, it's one of those things where this is a great time of year because baseball's on all day. I mean, literally all day. There was five games on today. Um and with the MLB network, or excuse me, the MLB package, I can watch any of them from my phone at any time. So I take full advantage of that um, when I can, responsibly. Never at work. Um, <laughs> no, I kid. Um, but anyway, you know, it, it's one of those things when I, I try and catch as much of it as I can. Last night, Night before last, actually. Last night was funny because I was prepping for the show. I wasn't really paying attention. Um, but I turned it on to catch the highlights and stuff, and I saw Rodone's no-hitter um, pop up there. So I got to see the highlights and the interviews and all. But, you know, that's a good story, right? Um, talk about a guy giving an ultimatum and um, producing, uh, you know, what Big ups to him. Hopefully he can continue it. But the night before that, um, you know, I, I, again, back to my point, how, baseball is something new and different every night. Um, the night before that, I'm like, how do you top Giolito and Bieber? And that's the game I caught most of um, because I have, I have Giolito in a couple of leagues. Um, but, but, you know, I have Bieber in one league as well. So, you know, having, having a vested, a vested interest in both of those guys made it all that much sweeter. Um, but, but, you know, I, I just, I thought it was kind of cool 
Um, of the records on both sides, the pace on both sides, the performance on both sides um, was really impressive. So, you know, final stats, Giolito, seven innings pitched, three hits, zero runs, eight Ks, two walks. Bieber, complete game, nine innings pitched, two hits, zero runs, 11 Ks, one walk. Some records that went on. You know, during that time, um, Bieber has now struck out 35 batters through three starts for the second year in a row. Um, that's significant because that was just the fourth time that's ever happened in history. Twice by Bieber. So in 1973, the record... Nolan Ryan had 37. Number two was Garrett Cole with 36 in 2018. Again, only three pitchers have ever struck out 10-plus batters in their first three starts ever. Bieber's the only one to have done it twice. Really impressive stuff, right? So, on Giolito's end, also impressive in his own right. So, 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 so since coming over from um, Washington and the Adam Eaton trade, he's had 44 starts. He's had 293 Ks on his fastball, excuse me, four-seam fastball change-up combo. That's the most in the majors during that time. Hitters have hit 191 versus that combo, which is really impressive if you think about it. He uses that predominantly. Um, that combo is so effective because those pitches look exactly the same. And it's almost like, you know, the old man in the Geico commercial with your, you know, you're trying to get a buck. Oh, you almost had it's, it. That's what it's like trying to hit it because you see a fastball coming and then it's 10 or, you know, five feet up and you're, you know, way early. It really is a dominating pitch. I keep having these sensors come up. I guess Periscope's gone. Bye, Periscope. Anyway, um, so, so again, just to close out on it, though, Bieber now, since the beginning of 2020, leads the majors at ERA, K rate, war, and innings pitched. Um, he's the best pitcher in baseball right now, and, and honestly – I don't know that it's that close. Um, I, you know, he, he's just so – his spin rate is really impressive. I feel like his work with Trevor Bauer I – feel, I feel like he's benefited the most from being associated with Trevor Bauer. Take that for what it's worth. 
I, I, I don't shun Bauer for what he's done, to be clear. But I think what Bauer has taught him has benefited him more than any other pitcher of baseball. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Bauer is the most influential pitcher in the modern era as far as teaching analytics and teaching, we'll call it insider information, right, to the to his teammates. Bieber's spin rate is superb, and that's a direct result of working with Trevor Bauer. Enough of that. Bobochet. What can I say about Bobochet that I haven't been saying for three years now? Bouchette's one of those guys that, you know, he's the glue of the team. He's the one that brings everyone together and the team rallies around him. On top of that, as a 22, 23-year-old kid, he is already the clubhouse leader and one of the best hitters in the league. His his mature approach is really impressive, Um, especially when you're looking at a 23-year-old bat doing it. Bichette's been one of those guys that he's always been driven by what the Joneses are doing. And there's been some pretty good Joneses to to be compared to. But the attention to detail that it puts, that he puts into his craft, to me, sets him apart for pretty much everybody else in the league. Not named Soto, Acuna, or Trout. I I firmly believe Bo Bichette's a better player than Fernando Tetis. I, I, I know that's a hot take. But his work ethic, his approach, he's so disciplined in his approach. He reminds me a lot of of a Juan Soto type of approach. And I know that's really lofty, right? But but you're talking about a guy. You're talking about a guy who, okay, for example, the other night he's facing Garrett Cole. Best pitcher in the game, right? And his approach was textbook how you want to do it. It was one of a 15-year vet. So he has this pronounced leg kick, and it helps him produce power. He used it, strikes one and two. But when he got two strikes, he widened his base, he eliminated his – his leg kick, but he didn't eliminate the fact that he's going to put solid contact on the ball. His hands are so fast 
And he has such a disciplined approach to play. Bichette's an excellent fastball hitter. And I believe that it's because of his two-strike approach. You know, it's interesting. Since the beginning of 2019, he's hitting 376 against the fastball. That's the second best in the majors. He's slugging 664, and that's the seventh best. This guy's a terrific fastball hitter. And I do believe that it's because of his two-strike approach and the fact that he's able to – he's willing to take the ball the other way. You're probably not getting Bo Bichette. I just wanted to – I just wanted to gloat about how good he looked, I guess. <laughs> You're probably not getting Shohei Otani either. But we'll get to a few guys you can get to, maybe. Shohei, Showtime, Showtime. I- I've talked about this guy for three years now, four years now, whatever it is. Um, it looks like he's finally turning into the player that we all thought he could be. Um, here's what maybe some of us didn't realize. Um, you're looking at a legitimate 40, 20 guy. This guy has 40 homer power easily. His hard hit rate is 50%. On the year. That's asinine. I, I think it was it was either Ray, uh, Harold Baines or uh, DeRosa called him a mix between Matsui and uh, Ichiro. And they broke it down. You know, MLB always does a nice job. It, they talked about, you know, it's interesting to me because it looks like He's slicing at the ball. But what it does is he's able to, with his arm extension and how he swings at it going the other way, he had a curveball the other night, 431 feet. That's impressive. He's able to go to all parts of the field. And people forget this. He's in a 96th percentile sprint speed in the majors. So if he hits anything on the left side of the infield, it's a base hit. On his hit the other night, he had an infield hit. He was traveling at, hold on. He was traveling at 29 and a half feet per second. That's the 13th fastest time all year. So you're telling me you got a guy that's got 40 home run potential, can hit the ball all over the field, 
has elite speed, and he throws 100 miles an hour? What the flip? This guy's the top five pick next year. He might be first overall if you're in a daily change league. <laughs> I froze up for a second. Had to make sure I was going to come back. It was not a good-looking face either. It never is, right? <laughs> anyway. Here, here's the thing about Shohei. It, it all depends on what kind of league you're in. But if you're in a daily change league where you could put him in as a batter five days a week and a pitcher on that six day, he is absolutely a top five pick. I have him in a league where it's a weekly change league. He's a first round pick. Here's the thing about Shohei. About All-Star break. You're going to want to shift him if you're in a weekly change league from your hitter to your pitcher. Because when he gets – here's what I saw when I saw him pitching. I, I wasn't going to talk about his pitching, but I, I, I feel like I need to say this. He has no feel on a slider, his cutter, any of his off-speed pitches yet. So he's relying on his fastball at 100 miles an hour, a mediocre changeup, and a slider curve cutter as a keep-you-honest pitch. Guys, Those aren't junk pitches. He knows how to throw those pitches. He has to refine them because he hasn't pitched in a year and a half because he wanted to he I don't I don't fully I don't get what went on there. I think he had Tommy John, but he didn't I, I don't I don't I don't want to talk to it because he should have had surgery. He didn't he 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 rested it. I don't know if he did a – I'm sorry, that's mildly racist. I mean, no offense to anyone. The Mr. Miyagi to it or what, but, like, he he's certainly healthy now. And, and when he's able to get the feel on those breaking pitches, he's going to be a top five pitcher in the, in the majors. It's 10 till, and I got to come back. Come back at 10 o'clock. Randall Argonby talks about some NFL. I'm going to clean up what I didn't get to here because, of course, I have too much stuff. But that's fine. I, I, I know I always have a, another um, bit of time to, to go over it, right? Um, but, but, but you know, OA. OA at 10 o'clock. Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. The other angle with Champion RC Thursday nights at ten. iLogic Media is the is the is the source. Draft for Upside is the affiliate. Chaps Fantasy Sports Group, River City Media, six four three Baseball. Appreciate you guys carrying my stuff. 
I love this time of year, guys. I could talk about this. I, that's why I love doing this because it's kind of like, and it's kind of like you're at the bar with your buddies, and that's what makes it fun. Um, I, I do before I get off of here. I was gonna give you guys some of my gems, but I'm not gonna do it because I'm stingy. <laughs> some of the deep dives. I want to talk about Tyler Glass now real quick, though, before I get off. I, I, I just feel like this is a guy who, again, Durf, not to rub uh, salt in your wounds, but Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, and Shane Baz for Chris Archer. I feel like I got to say that periodically. It's a reality check, right? Anyway, um. This is the ace of the race staff. I, I, I love the approach he took the other night. Um, didn't want to come out of the game. It was the eighth inning. Two hit 14K night on Monday night. He was at 102. He looked at the manager. He said, am I ever going to get to finish one of these off? Cash said, not tonight. But I, I, I love the fact that he, he he knows his role on that team. He knows that he needs to, to overcome that accomplishment. I think he's certainly capable of it. You're, you're talking about a guy. You just need him to stay healthy and get to that finisher type role and I think he's clearly capable of both of those things and you're talking about a top five pitcher this is the year that Tyler Glass now takes that step forward they went and they pawned off Blake Snell in the offseason knowing fully confident that Tyler, Tyler Glass not could be that pitcher. I think he is that pitcher. It's 10 o'clock. It's 9 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, I'm coming back. Um, Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. I love fantasy baseball. It's so much fun to do this. Um, it, you know, it flies by. Next week, we're going to start talking about, um, you know, separation and and trade strategy and free agent strategy. We're going to continue to do this. Come back at 10 o'clock. We're going to talk some draft, NFL draft. We're going to continue this conversation about, you know, Just thinking ahead. Forward thinking, I guess, is the best way to put it. I hope you guys enjoy the content. Make sure you go to Chaps Fantasy Chat at Chaps Fantasy Sports Group, River City Media, iLogic Media, Draft for Upside, support other podcasters. Guys doing great things here. Appreciate you guys stopping by. Hope you enjoyed the content. 
See you guys in an hour. I'm going to go get something to eat. Good night.